Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of Riding Through the Ages. I'm Eugene. And I'm Eric. And we're going to continue our revolving journey through the era as a common Rider with Showa Era, Episode 14, Season 1. That's Common Rider 71, for those keeping up. The Devilish Cactagron Attacks. It aired July 3rd, 1971. It was written by Masaru Agami and directed by Itaro Arita. And this is actually still, just a reminder, one of the ones that you can watch with us on Tubi or Shout Factory, uh, Tokushatsu, right? Tokushatsu. Uh, if you have Ver there, um, I think that's the ones I've seen. Should we should we make like a comprehensive list and like throw it on the website or something? <laughs> the the easiest way is to go to uh, Shout Factory TV. Okay. Um, actually, what's really good is I don't know if it's on that service, but have you ever heard of Real Good? I have not. It's um, R E E L. Okay. And it is a um, it's just a uh, a site of uh, just everything that's streaming. Huh. And you just like you go there and you just search for something and it'll tell you where it's streaming. Okay, gotcha. And you can create your profile and you can create which services you're subscribed Looking. to and it'll only search those services. Okay. So and it'll also like search free services. So that's real good as an R E L. Yes. Like slot reels, real. Yes. Okay. So um there's a so like if you go there and just type something in, it'll tell you like you can also sign up for uh, notifications so that they'll email you when it does come to a service you have. Oh, sick. So it's really nice, especially if you got a bunch of services. They don't have all of the services on there, but they have most of them. This is free, right? Yeah. Okay. It's called Real Good. Um, Check that out. But Tubi also has Kuga, right? Yes. So it seems like Tubi's the way to go. <laughs> yeah, because it's free. It's on most things, um, and it uh, it's just ad-supported. So other than that... Um, yeah, that's pretty much the only bad thing about it is that it has ads, and they don't always line up with the commercial breaks in the actual show. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like automatically thrown in there. Yeah, <laughs> they probably put a little bit more effort into it. <laughs> so but. sometimes it's like you'll have the ad break, and then it'll come back just to have the splash screen of the commercial. And the, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that, I was watching something on Amazon. Uh, was it called Samurai Cat or something like that? Anyways, it was just some some crap I put on before I went to bed. Uh, but whenever it had a commercial break in real life, I could tell because what what would happen was the screen would just go black and it would be like a minute and a half, two minutes of just nothing where you're just sitting here going, is it broken? <laughs> and then it, it'll kick back on right where the commercial would end. And I'm like, oh, it didn't it didn't take out the commercial space, but it took out the commercials. It was just the weirdest, most bizarre thing I've seen. Because like it would have automatically been put in it when it was broadcast. <laughs> it was yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, because that's the space where the the commercials yeah, would slot Amazon in. Amazon streaming is weird because yeah. of, first off, the worst search protocol oh, ever. Dude, uh, that's why I, that's where I actually found real good was just trying to find stuff on Amazon. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. But. And then you're you're scroll, scrolling through and you're like, what is this? Yeah. More than half of the the things is just like, hey, buy this package. Oh yeah, but I think what it is is that you can. I think the bar of putting things on Amazon Instant is very low. <laughs> they don't care; they'll just take it. Yeah, just whatever, throw it on there. <laughs> I've seen independent films on there, like so, like somebody just threw something up there. For yeah. No- okay. <laughs> um. Should, we should put something up on that. Anyway, yeah. so <laughs> put our uh, own thing. Yeah. So, uh, what have you been watching or doing this week? Yeah. Um, this week I've been watching this show called Samurai Flamenco. It was like an anime a couple years back. 
But uh, what interested me about it is basically it's about this guy who's a model that all of a sudden is like, you know what, I'm going to be a superhero. Like the same in the same vein as masked superheroes. So think Kamen Rider or, you know, Power Rangers. Or, oh, yeah. I, I think I've. I've never watched it, but I've seen like a trailer for it or something. Um, yeah, so uh, basically the show is him trying to bumble through that, and then he has a friend. Like, he makes a friend from this guy uh, named Goro, who's a cop. But they have no superpowers. It's just him, no. like... It, it's it's like the same way that there's those people who uh, dress around in costumes and are, like, heroes. Yeah, only they... He can't even win a fight. Like, yeah. he's never, like... So, it, here's my... This is what I think from... Uh, uh, I guess my impression so far is that whoever made this really liked that growing up and was thinking, okay, so what happens if two people were a fan of it as kids, one of them grew up and became a cop, and the other one never actually grew up? Yeah. <laughs> and has now got the money to actually make a, an outfit, and he's got the free time to go out and do stuff. Okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah, it's so this guy has absolutely no idea what he's doing. He's not trained at all his whole life. And, so being, is, and being pretty, like, fit pretty-wise doesn't mean you can actually fight. Yeah, no, he's absolutely <laughs> horrible. Whereas uh, uh, Goro, the cop guy, you can actually look at him. He does look kind of buff. Like, he would be the one that you could see slap on a suit and kick some ass, but he's a responsible adult with yeah. real responsibilities. But it, it, it was just funny. So the very first scene that you see uh, Goro, the cop, is he's standing outside of a— um, was it a Koban, the, the police boxes? Yeah. Yeah. So he's standing outside of a police box— um, I don't know if it's at attention or at ease or whichever, but basically in uh, like a very formal stance, I guess, for a cop. Yes. There you are in power or whatever. Uh, And his buddy's behind him doing some uh, paperwork. And you can tell Goro's kind of, there's nothing going on. So he's just kind of deep in thought. And then all of a sudden he's like, "Uh, do you think uh, Kamen Rider's helmet counts as, or do you think Kamen Rider's mask counts as a helmet? And if not, does that mean he's a law-breaking superhero because he rides around on his bike all the time? (laughs) Yeah. And his friend's like, just focus on your work. And he's like, okay. But I just, I was like, what? Episode one, they're referencing Common Rider. Yeah. And I think it does because it's a hard, hard shell. Yeah. Because I, I just thought that was funny is that he's sitting there actually thinking about it. It's like, wait a minute, is he breaking the law? Is it a mask or is it a helmet? Yeah. <laughs> is it a helmet with a mask? Yeah. Because uh, the funny thing is, Japanese cops, like, I've said I've been detained by them before, but that's just because I was white. But um, <laughs> we would just ask them for directions because they knew this the area. Yeah, it's their area. And like plenty of times, we'd ask for directions, and if they were, if it was like that, they would walk us to the place. Yeah, why they'd not? be like, "It's right down here. I'll show you." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So that, not much else going on. I mean, that's in a good day. There's nothing going on. Yeah, that's the good days when nothing going on. So uh. I oh but oh I guess oh, yeah. in closing I think you would like the show because it, it's dripping with a lot of uh, like I don't think the average person would find it enjoyable just because there's so much uh, like little tiny things that if you've seen the Tokusatsu called? you'd be like oh I get what it what is it called Chunibyo oh Chunib yeah the, the girl that never grew like she still has uh, whatever the uh, term is where you're still thinking about childish things yeah I yeah. think it's uh, uh, Chunibyo yeah something like that Have you, did you ever see the I don't remember the Japanese name but there was an anime called when super when super powered battles become everyday, okay. Oh, commonplace, I think it is. Okay. And so it's about like this guy. Um. So you think it's a st- normal story? It's like this this guy, and he is the only male member of like the literary uh, club. Okay. And everybody in the club, for some reason, gains superpowers. Except for him. No, he gains superpowers. Oh, okay. But um, he's kind of Chunibyo, where he's like all these powers and stuff like that. But they gain superpowers, like the ability to alter the elements, to create portals into other dimensions, and like. Or just create things. Okay, so the strong powers. They're super strong powers. And his ability is the ability to make a little fire. Okay. 
So he got the he's the one that wants the powers and he got the weak power. Yeah. That you find out later that his superpower because it turns out that like the interesting thing about the story is they just like they don't have superpower battles. They just like it's like a the show is like kind of just like a slice of life show. It just happens they have superpowers. Mm. But it turns out that there's actually a huge superpower war going on. They're just not part of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like the superhero hero uh superpowered war and these there's all these factions going on. And they've been like taken out of it because they're still in high school. Oh, okay, gotcha. So I think one of their their like older brothers is like actually in the war. Okay, gotcha. going on, but they don't even know that there's one going on. They've just been like sheltered from it. But they're so they're okay. just like it is something that like he would really like to be a part of, but he's not. But it turns out that like they meet other superpower people. But it turns out he's able to create. He calls it the Undying Flame, mm. and it's called the Undying Flame because it can't be put out, and it is literally burning him. Okay. So he's in constant and utter agony when he uses his power. The only way they're able to deal with it, and you find out this much later on in the show, the only way they were actually able to deal with it is they cut off his arm, and then one of the other peoples has the ability to reverse time. Okay. So they regenerated his arm that way. That's the only way they stop. They were able to ever to stop the fire. Oh, once he started it up? Yeah. Wow. And so he never uses his power. And at one point, he beats somebody by their ability is the ability to copy people's powers. Oh, so he lets them copy his? Yeah. So he, like, generates this flame, and he, and he like, fakes that it's not hurting at all. Right. And he's just like, I got this eternal fire. It's going to burn you and stuff. And then they, they do it, and they copy it, and then they realize that, like, he's just been in utter agony the entire time he's been faking it. It's kind of a <laughs> – but, it, but, but it's also, like, most of the show is kind of like this – uh, slice of life comedy about how you get superpowers and nothing actually changes. Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I have been uh, playing Sakura Wars. Okay. The new one for the PS4. And it's pretty cool because it's like a it's like a uh, visual novel that also has like action combat in it. And okay. what you do in the visual novel portion strengthens your combat, kind of like uh, Persona, but instead of being like a turn based RPG, it's more like a um, an action RPG because okay. you're like in mechs and fighting and stuff. Okay, gotcha. And you have like combos and like traversals, and stuff. but it's also the there's a whole portion about uh, a uh, theater troupe and bringing a theater troupe back up because the theater troupe is like the secret identity of this, this squad that fights monsters mm. that they call demons, but are just mechs. I don't, I don't know the whole thing. It's like it. that's that part, that's not the important part. Uh, yeah, but it has the. Uh, I don't even remember what it's called, what it stands for, but it's the lips system. Mm. And it's like uh, a, a dialogue thing where it's a time dialogue. And if you don't do anything during the dialogue, the guy doesn't say anything. As so it you should can, be. So you can be just plain silent. What happens if you go the whole game without saying anything? I don't know. Because I like actually. You're actually get, playing it. <laughs> yeah. Because what you say like raises your affection with these characters. And then the higher their affection is, the more powerful they are when you fight with them. Okay. And But then there's also times where instead of choosing what to say, you just choose how enthusiastically he says something. Oh, okay. You just press the thumbstick up to determine how like much he's screaming it. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just be like, I'm going to win. Or he's like, I'm going to win. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, somebody who's just watching this. Sh- I can just imagine somebody sets the controller down and is just like, okay, we're taking neutral the entire we're just way. Going, <laughs> we're just going to be the silent protagonist. <laughs> he gets four lines. That's it. <laughs> the only thing I don't like about it is that the um, it's a revamp of an old series. Mm. Uh, kind of a revamp. It's like a sequel to a series that came out like on the uh, Saturn initially mm-hmm. and like the Dreamcast. Uh, so there hasn't been a new game in it for like a long time other than I think like a cell phone game or something. 
Uh, so it wasn't fully voice acted mm. because uh, they didn't voice act is expensive. But when they put in the voice acting, it's like odd. Like sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. And like you don't know when to th- what to think about when it. When I first started it up, I thought, did I like, is like the left channel unplugged or something? Because oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it had like. Yeah, you're thinking your, your sound's dying. You know, I thought my sound was off because there's an animated cutscene with subtitles, but no spoken dialogue. <laughs> so it was kind of weird. But uh, other than that, it was it, it's pretty cool. A really good uh, cel-shaded animation so that some of the cutscenes are, like, I think fully animated, but some of them are just in-engine animated Oh, okay. with the cel-shading, and it's kind of hard sometimes to tell which is which. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. I like it. Um, uh, I don't know if you've ever played a Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which the animation in that is, like, so good. It's a fighting game, but, like, the cutscenes and the animations and stuff, it's just like, I want them to redo the entirety of Dragon Ball with this. With this. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so cool. we are going to be watching this, and this is the episode that, uh, two things, this is the episode that allows us to watch the movie, but this is a two-part episode, so we'll watch it after the second right, part. Right, we're going to do both parts. But this one also tells you this is where they uh, they get their stride after... Um, this is where they the, finally... Figure out what they're doing with the whole Hongo thing. Uh and so this is this is when the show becomes common rider. Okay. This is uh this is also like the first time you see the combatants with the the shock combats with like the okay. luchador masks and stuff that you've seen in like every other media right. where they've shown up. This is like this is the start of when they start figuring out what common rider is mm-hmm. and start showing it. And it's it's a pretty cool thing. So uh Cactagron. Cactagron. Yeah, it um Anyways, I don't want to give too much. Yeah, yeah, it's like I want. It's like it's uh, because I'm like I want to talk about it, but we should watch the episode before we talk about (laughs) it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so and I'll be able to tell you what the uh, the the spoiler would have been if we would have watched the the movie before this, and it it, it's like minor, but it's enough. Yeah, it's minor, but it's enough to like that you wouldn't want to watch that movie. But yeah, have you? so what do you think about a cactus monster? I hope he just shoots some spikes, man. I mean, with whatever some of you're the thinking about stuff, the cactus monster, it's wrong. It's because wrong because because this is seventy one common rider. It's just another one of those rhinos with super hearing things. Like, yeah, <laughs> the spider Which, with almost dissolves. almost one of those like the the amazing power of rhinos hearing type thing where it's just like maybe I mean, that's uh, I've never heard of that, but maybe. I mean, sometimes they have some stuff that's weird that, looking back, it finally makes sense. Okay, so like the spider, and they get hit and they dissolve into like a thing. At first I was thinking, okay, that's stupid. I, I think we even ripped on it for the whole episode. But in, in hindsight, they do eat their food by dissolving their internal organs and then yeah. sucking it out. So it's like... They wrap them up first, but yeah. Yeah, okay, so I mean, it's an extrapolation, but okay, there's something there, but... Uh, like bats and mind control, that's never a thing. But we're okay. That's at least Dracula, right? So yeah, Dracula's that's a, like bats. a the, the vampire thing, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to remember what the weird one, um, the most recent one that made absolutely no sense. Uh, fire breathing, uh, was it the fire breathing cobra or something like that? Yeah, the fire breathing cobra. Yeah, like because, what? Because <laughs> uh, the first he like had an acid dissolve, and you're thinking, oh, we got venom, whatever. Yeah, but then he got upgraded to breathe fire. Yeah. Yeah, what happened to the acid? <laughs> Did he even use the episode, the acid, the whole episode? I don't remember. Whatever. No, he lost because he he couldn't because he lost the fangs. Oh, he lost the teeth. The teeth were what made it so that he could do the acid, and but okay, they were in just. In all fairness, it was that was one of those we're catching up out of nowhere episodes. Yeah. But, um. So I guess what I'm saying is I I don't. Oh no, it. the 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 one that was just like how we thought we were just like okay so 
First off, that doesn't look anything like a condor, but condors oh. aren't really known for their blood sucking. Yeah, there we go. Blood sucking condor. <laughs> Jabacon door? Jabacon door. Yeah, uh, I guess what I'm saying is I don't expect them to have anything to do with their name. I just kind of hope they do. <laughs> It's like there's there's a what hope. was it the, the the amazing power of the gecko was that he could crawl up walls yeah and they were Ooh. like oh he's gonna be Kamen Rider now yeah oh he's got him <laughs> and he wasn't even beaten by Kamen Rider he was beaten by the the scientist with yeah. the laser beam yeah he got beaten by his, and he got punched by some random boxer oh yeah that's he right got he got his ass beat beat by a random boxer no that was the one because the, the other thing he was able to do was he was able to wrap people up in cocoons oh that's right there we go that's <laughs> the one gecko and cocoons that's yeah, the that thing. was totally obvious now I remember. <laughs> yeah. Gecko and cocoon. The the famous hearing ability of rhinos, the famous co- cocoon making of geckos, and the famous fire breathing of snakes. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. No, I, okay, so even if he's not going to do anything with spikes or whatnot, I hope he at least has uh, a smoothing salve. <laughs> Just aloe in there. It's definitely a cactus monster. So, um, but this also, like, yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's hard to talk about it. Yeah, let's just go watch it. <laughs> so we are going to go watch that. Is she... Okay, and we are back. <laughs> yeah. No, uh <laughs> wow. It's an episode, isn't it? It's an episode. No, I uh I can see why you didn't want to spoil it. Yeah. yeah. A lot a lot happened there. Like I was not when I went into it, I was not gonna no, was not expecting any of that. No. <laughs> it, was, it did not go the way I thought it was gonna go. Oh no. Yeah. Um Um I mean okay, first off. It starts with the new opening. Yes. Th- that was the first thing. So the song is the same, but there's a different singer. Uh, now, this is the version that I have heard online because the only way to find the full version of the song is this one. Because it was the one that was released. Yeah. See, I thought this was just like the album version or something where they got like a legit singer to do it rather than just the guy, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Not uh, uh, Fujioka, who was who sang the original. Uh, right. But uh, the openings changed, too. And at first, I didn't, I didn't really recognize it. I thought something was different, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Because it's still a lot of common rider riding around on a bicycle. Yeah, uh, I didn't figure out until I don't know, almost halfway, what was different about the suit uh-huh. that I was like, something's weird. Something's really weird about this. Yeah, and then it made sense later on. But we'll we'll get to that part. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it goes to the opening. Everything's new. It's kind of sleek, and it comes out with the. Mexican branch of Shocker. Yes. And how there's a very important dam in the center of Mexico. I can't remember what the name was. And you just see uh, small scale footage because you know this is like a small model. That they yes. Made, where the dam breaks and like green water is rushing through and everything's destroyed. So, haha, we took care of it. So, and it uh, comes to the Mexican Shocker base, which is basically the same as a regular Shocker base. Except, with a Mexican flag. <laughs> yeah, but there's a Mexican national flag there because that makes sense. Yes, because you're going to world dominate a <laughs> bunch of Mexican nationalists that want to destroy Mexico, I guess. Whatever. It's really just so we know. Yeah, so we know that it's because they're it's using Mexico. the same set. Yeah. And, um, you see him there, and he's very clearly a cactus monster, so I'll give him that. You, yeah. You cannot mistake him for anything but a cactus. Yes. Uh, like a weird helmeted cactus with a cactus sword in his hand. Yeah, so he's the uh, like the commander of the Mexican military branch of Shocker. Yes. And he's like, okay, so we've got, we destroyed this dam, we've disrupted things, so now we can take over Mexico City. Yeah, the capital's about to go down, and then Shocker, uh, the great leader, great leader is like, Hey, so you're doing really good. You're almost done. And he's like, actually, no, we've got a lot left. Because I think he's just being humble there. He's like, no, there's a lot more work to do. And and Shocker, or the great leader's like, okay, well, you're 90% done. And I need you in Japan. Yeah, basically, I need you someplace that nobody succeeded at yet. Yeah, we need your, your uh, uh, what, spectacular. He said, your spectacular leadership. 
And uh, and he necessary. literally said, "I want you to go blow up the dams in Japan." Yeah. So it's like, I guess you're, you're only good at blowing up dams. Come down here. <laughs> yeah. It's like a side compliment. Yeah. Um. Destroy all the dams. Yeah. No. Uh. And and he's like, "Yes, that means I get to fight the the common rider that's giving everybody so much trouble." Right. Yeah. He don't give a damn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now nah, I'm gonna go. What was that? that now. What was the? Was it like National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation or one of the ones where it's like they were like going to the Hoover Dam? Oh, and they, yeah. yeah. Take all your damn pictures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah now I'm gonna go hang myself now. Bad yeah. Joke. So, uh, <laughs> so then it cuts to uh, Taki on his FBI radio, which yeah. is the size of a desk. Oh yeah, he's got his giant desk radio listening to an FBI. That basically, hey, we got this agent coming over on flight, whatever, whatever. Well, it's like whatever. there's 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 a, a shocker agent. Which is cool that there's, like, the idea is that there's agencies that know that Shocker exists and is fighting against them. Yeah. Um, so we know that a Shocker agent is coming from Mexico to Japan, and so we're sending an operative who's familiar with it mm-hmm. to you to help you out. Right. And so he says, uh, he's like, okay, so it's going to be in Haneda, which is an international airport, Right. this flight. And so um, Taki's like, oh, okay, I guess... I won't make it to, to the opening of the Tachibana Bike Club. Racing Club. Oh, Racing Club. That's what And he holds is. up like an invitation to it. And it cuts and, over to... Yeah, so what has happened is that Cafe Amor has been turned into a motorcycle racing club. Yeah. So it's no longer a cafe. Who needs like a business that works? Yeah. Th- something so niche. There was nobody there. Their, their, on, their only, their only uh, customer was Ruko, who worked there also, and Hongo. Hongo was the only person keeping them alive, and he hasn't been seen for a while. Right. So, it's just that. oh, I mean, there was a few extras here and there in the background, yeah. but it, I just—it's so weird how the structure of all this changed in a week. And I mean, literally, like looking at the timestamps, we know that the last one was the twenty-sixth, and this one is the third of July. Yes. So it's been a week. Yeah, as far as the show is concerned, uh, it's been much longer. But for us, it's been a week. Yeah, they've. This is the restructuring. Yeah, and yeah, huge changes. Step one: now we have new girls come in because basically the the scene is he has the opening and he's like, okay, so people are gonna come in. Yeah, and these three cute girls show up, I guess. With uh, well, there's three new ones and uh, little kid. Well, also uh, Ruiko's friend Hiromi. Okay, that's what it is. Yes, it it. it, She's still there. Hitomi. I don't remember. I mean, it starts with an H. In one ear, out the other. Every single time. I'm um, like, I, I think, didn't think she I think was it's important. Uh, uh, he told me. I think so. Yeah. I, I honestly, I feel bad because I did not think she was important at all. At all. Yeah. And well, now, she was like an, initially. She was just like just someone that uh, Ruiko uh, can be friends with. Yeah. <laughs> basically, someone to sound off with. Uh, but uh, yeah. So they bring in. Uh, it's a couple of kids and uh, Hiromi. She's bringing in. Like her friends, and so it is. Uh, Mari, Yuri, and uh, Michi, and the boy is Yuri's younger brother, Goro. Okay, hey, <laughs> what do you know? Small world. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. It's, oh, by the way, this is so seventies because one of them responds with groovy. Oh yeah. Well, it's like they go into the thing, and she's like, "Oh, this is so groovy." Yeah. It's like, oh god. Um. I mean, okay. Granted, their seventies is like our late 60s yeah because they're a little bit behind so they're yes. still in the 60s there it's 1971 they're still in the 60s yeah like, uh they have their own time <laughs> uh 
So Tajimana asks yeah. him, like, what kind of experience do you guys have? One girl answers straight. She says that she has a little experience with this model of bike. 90, uh, 90cc. Yeah. Which is more like a moped. <laughs> and then the next girl's like, oh, I do karate. I'm a black belt. She and says uh, she says she's a first-degree black belt in karate. Yeah. And that was like, I uh, do some fencing. So Michi uh, does the 90ccs. Okay. Uh, uh, which is the other one? It is Michi does the, the ccs. Yuri... Uh, is the karate expert. Okay. And uh, uh, Mari is fencer. Fe- fencer. I hope this all comes into play. Um, It does. Okay, good. It's relevant. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything. These are main characters. No, I kind of picked up on that one. Yeah. Because they, they were in this scene, but when they when they were still in the, in the scene later, I guess, when it comes yeah. back to the club, I'm like, oh, these people are still here. Yeah. <laughs> and so is Goro. Goro is the main character, yeah. too. Okay. So, so, so they, now we've got the crew. Yeah, these are like... Along with Taki and Tachibana, these are like the main characters. These are this is the, known as uh, collectively as the Tachibana Racing Club. Okay, yeah, which is like common rider support system. Right. Um, this was cool because this is like as 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 I told you, like this is when they start figuring out what common rider is, and these are the echoes you see common rider and like all the other shows. Okay, where it's like um some seasons it's bad where it's like you're not important unless you're a common rider but um most of the time mo- uh, but it's like common rider has their support system like uh, uh yusuke y- yusuke has ichijo and asakarako and even has like the the boss and stuff uh-huh. and like the the experts that work in the thing and then um uh, Double has all of his, his confidants as, as, as long as sort of uh, philip because he's kind of when he's not he doesn't transform he doesn't Sort of transforms, whatever. But anyways, right. and uh, Akiko. Right. And um, Zero One has, of course, his entire company and uh, Izu. Which is pretty much his entire yeah, company. Yeah, only, yeah. <laughs> Izu. He has Izu. He's got Izu. <laughs> He's got Izu. Um, so it's cool because it's like this, you, you actually start feeling like, okay, so this is kind of common Rider now. Yeah. Um, so anyways, they're going and yes, it is uh, these three, Hiromi uh, and Goro. And then it goes to... Uh, Taki at the airport, he's picking up his his uh, person, his yeah. FBI person. And he makes a comment about how long it takes for the guy to get out. Yeah. He's like, wow, is that like every every customer they have has left already? Yeah. And so there was this <sighs> not scene. secret totally. They're like they just lift up their FBI badges out of their inside pockets. Yeah. So like, he's like, Hey, do you see this? And he's like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have one too. And so show you your mine if you show me yours. It's a Western guy. Yeah, it's, totally. Um uh, th- think Typical white guy, but with a fedora and sunglasses on, because that hides your face. Yeah, I guess uh, that totally makes you look like you're not a white guy in Japan in the seventies. Right. And then he shows up, sits, get in the car, and then I notice that <laughs> the Japanese do voiceovers too. And yes, it's glorious. Yes. Uh, so, so what it is is that the guy you, you want you see his lips, and he's actually speaking the Japanese lines. Mm-hmm. This is what happens a lot because of the way uh, tone is in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Uh, they usually dub over foreigners yeah, with native can. speakers so that they can get the tones right. Yeah, because we don't know what the, we don't know what we're doing. So back they're then. saying the words. He's saying the right words, but he's saying them in a way that not not insulting ways, but similarly how um, a person who's been deaf their whole life speaks. He's just the wrong emphasis. Yeah, the everywhere. wrong emphasis, the wrong tones on things. Like you can understand it if you think about it, but it doesn't naturally come back. Right. Um. So. Yeah, so they dub over his voice with an actual Japanese person, or it might even it might even be him, but it wasn't on day. It was ADR. Afterwards. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> anyways, the, the important scene of the scene is they're meeting each other, and the guy says we have to go to this location, and he's saying that we lost 
we lost the guy. Yeah. I lost the guy, but I think we know. I think I know a place for him to go. Right, where he's gonna go, and so we need to go. And he's like, okay. And so they start driving off, and at that point, when they drive off, it cuts to around a corner, and you see a guy in a motorcycle helmet. And he looks around and he, he, he eyes them kind of suspiciously and then he walks away. Yeah, see what's interesting about this scene is uh, at, at this point I thought they were being tailed and that was the bad guy. Yeah, that's yeah. what you meant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, huh. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, good. So then it cuts back to Tachibana smoking angrily. And like all the girls are swinging. I, I don't know. It's just they're having a dance club. They're like, dancing. Like they're you'd just expect fun. in the 60s. It's yeah. just so 60s. And, and the kid there, Goro, he's just like, don't be an old funny daddy. And he's just like, He's like getting into it and he's eating a banana. And it's then he just, just like, gives Tachibana the he's banana. He's like, I'm going to go dance. And he like goes and start dancing with the girls. <laughs> and like they're all having fun with him. And also we forgot to mention that uh, his other one employees there, the guy. Yeah, just the guy. I fr- uh, yeah. So the the uh, the one that was the bartender. Yeah, who's like been there like I think he was in episode one. He was in episode one. Yeah. Um. So uh, Tachibana is not happy with how things turn or out. Be- at least episode two. I, I think he was in episode one because there was a point. Yeah, whichever maybe, episode that the uh, Cafe Amore first debuted. It was first. It was the first one because remember, Shocker was following uh, uh, Ruriko and they went to Cafe Amore to oh, lose them. That's right. And so the guy was there. But I do remember they knocked him away in the second episode <laughs> when they were going when they were chasing after Hongo into yeah. the Cafe Amore. I think that's the first time I remember seeing him. Yeah, because he gets. I think he might have been in the first one, but I don't remember. Um. He didn't, like, have a line in the first episode, at least. Yeah, he was nobody until a little bit um, later. So, Tachibana is kind of a- upset because these, it turns out, these are the only people that showed up. Yeah. This, I, I don't... I was hoping it to be really I, I kind of think, because we never hear about it, I think Tachibana is just independently wealthy. You know, I bet, yeah. I mean, especially if he has, like, world-class motorcycle training skills, maybe that's uh, a thing. Maybe he was a champion racer Before, I don't something. know if they ever, like, bring up his full background, but he's, like... I mean, he trained Hongo to be a world class before Hongo even yeah, be, uh, got turned a into, became a cyborg. He trained him to be a world class thing, and a training so so harsh that he almost went insane. Yeah, <laughs> and he has he had the cafe amour that didn't seem to be making any money, and he just got bored with it, I guess, and turned it into um uh into uh, a racing club. So I think he's independently wealthy because mm. he's never complained about money either. Nope. I mean, that could just be 70s. And they don't talk about it. But yeah. Anyways, um, so he's being all fuddy-duddy there. And he hears uh, a motorcycle. Yep. And he's just like, Hongo? And he runs out back, and it turns out that uh, Cyclone is just, like, got a tarp over it. Yeah. So we're led to believe it's been some time. Yeah. It's only been a week since the last episode, but in continuity, it's been time. Yep. For a couple months or something. Which makes sense because some of the episodes happened right after each other. Yeah, and I think he made a comment right before it kicked on something about uh, Hongo and Taki having fun, him sitting here doing nothing. Yeah, something. It, it was something along those lines. So, um, so that's right when it starts off. He's like, "Oh, Hongo!" And so he runs over, pulls off the sheet that's over it, and then a little light that's the blinking that the autopilot. Because remember, yeah. Hongo can control the motorcycle. When he was fighting the square or whatever the world and the World Trade Center, the chameleon. The, yeah, the World uh, Expo. Yeah, the com- yeah the World Expo. It was the chameleon. He was fighting the chameleon there. Um, so he's just like, okay, well, Hongo's co- summoning this. So if I get onto this motorcycle, it'll go to Hongo, and I can ride the whole way. It was totally as makes long sense. As fall off. Yeah. So he's just like. And so it starts going. He gets onto it in a tuxedo or something because he was dressed up for the opening. Yeah. And he's just like, well, this will take me right to Hongo. So I might as well just like take a nap. And so he like sleeps on a motorcycle while it's going. <laughs> this means that he's like, he's hardcore. What a total badass. <laughs> yeah. So 
Uh, then it gets to talking in the ra- in the car, and he's talking, and he's he's like, "Man, I don't really trust this guy." Yeah, he's thinking to himself, "He's like, I don't trust this guy." He's like, "I don't actually know anything about him." I don't know if I should just like trust him off the thing. And so they're listening to the radio, and the radio is a lot like uh, the newspapers mm-hmm. that it happens instantly. Yeah. Uh, so they found a dead body, and they are already announcing that it's the dead body of an FBI agent on flight six o three. Yeah, it's been like maybe twenty minutes since <laughs> yeah. they left the airport. Yeah. And, and so, um, so here, here's the thing that's funny. Uh, the guy, they, so they both hear it. The guy looks over at Taki and then flips the radio off with this giant cactus hand, as if he didn't just, as if they didn't both just hear that him being the only FBI agent in the car that came <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, an and airplane. so Taki tries to like drive off, and like he grabs Taki's arm. He's like, "What's up with that hand?" And <laughs> he goes to hide it yeah. for some reason. And then yeah, and just, then the guy is just like, then he's just, like, "You're the shocker agent." And he's like, "Okay, you got me figured out. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you got me." He changes to Cactagon, and he's like, "Well, your mistake was that you let me behind the wheel." And so he, this is something you should uh, should know that all of uh, that's this commonly used is that they just call. Touch a uh, talky FBI scum. <laughs> He's just FBI scum talky. Wow. Gazuya <laughs> talky FBI scum. <laughs> so yeah, he just drives it off a cliff and and jumps he out. Ju- he, yeah, he he aims for a cliff. He and he said he's like the mistake was letting me drive and he drives off a cliff jumping out. It's like a hardcore move. Um, and then of course it doesn't kill Cactagon either. Yeah, because he, he jumped out too. Yeah, so he starts chasing him down to beat his ass. They have like a little one-on-one time as Tachibana shows up on the bike. Yeah, the bike shows up and then he's just like talking. He's like, "You came to save me, chief," and he's just like, "I was just following the orders. I don't know what's going on here." <laughs> so he picks up a big stick and joins the fight. Two v one. Um. Uh. So they start running away because they're actually kind of losing against the cactus. Because I mean, he's the monster. Yeah. So the cactus switches. He he pulls out his cactus sword and we find out it's not just a cactus sword. It's an exploding cactus sword. And and so then they uh, they start running away, and he summons his ca- uh, combatants. Yeah. And so these are the Mexico combatants. No, he calls them the—he says they're the Japanese combatants. He wants them to prove it, who they are. So now you'll see that the combatants, they have the luchador masks on. Mm-hmm. And on the forehead is the logo of whatever monster they did. Okay. So this one is a cactus they have on their logo. Gotcha. On the forehead. And so this is just how it is now. Yeah, these are that's how you know that these are the underlings of this specific yeah uh, monster, whatever. So they're fighting, and this is the thing where like, uh, I mean, uh, Taki's a, a better fighter than Tachibana, but Tachibana can still hold his own against mm-hmm. like two or three shocker combatants. Yeah, he's uh, getting older. Yeah, so um, he's much much older now in fourteen episodes than he was. I mean, not like physically looking, but as far as his fighting is his. Uh, it's it's turned uh, his activities. Well, Tachibana's fighting is more comedic. Yeah, he's now become kind of the comedy relief. Yeah, he's the he's the kind of he, but he's still like um he's still useful. Yeah, he's, he's still courageous. But he's, I, in this he's, whole episode, he's been he's kind of the butt of the joke. Yeah, because he's the old man. Yes, you know. Yes, and like there there is this also kind of light more lightheartedness to the show. Uh huh. Um, and that's just like how the show started to go. Because remember, like the first several episodes, especially the first couple of episodes. Uh-huh. We're like dark, yeah, and like art yeah. housey. They're trying and, to be creepy, yeah, yeah. Now it's kind of like I said, it's it's like this is what we're gonna become. This is what Common Rider's brand is gonna be. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of which, the uh, monster they uh, the ba- combatants all spread away, and Catagon like shoots. He has like a hand cannon. Like he has a his hand has three gun holes, and they shoot. Yes, I'm assuming this would be the spikes, but they're not. They're just exploding bullets. And then, uh, Kamen Rider shows up. Yep, Kamen Rider shows up, starts doing some kicking. 
And then, um, and this is where I started asking myself because, I, like, I, I wasn't sure around the. But you're the like, opening. the suit's different. It's totally different. There's yes. like a white stripe on the helmet and along the sides. It's got more black in it. Yes. Um, and it's got a different shade of green. Yes. Um, and then, uh, they're all like, ride her. And he does his pose. Ride her, fight. Of uh, he does the same pose at least forty times this episode, but yeah. he does the pose. That's his pose. He's he's gonna do it a lot. And the cactus, the cactigrons, like, well, here's my cactus bomb. He throws a <laughs> and he bomb it and it in. blows up. And so then they're like, okay. Then they're able to disappear. They, they disappear with the smoke. Yeah, they use the the explosion smoke like ninjas would a smoke bomb, and boop, they're gone. And so then it cuts to uh, the racing club. They're back at the racing club, and the girls are all bandaging up Tachibana and uh, Taki. Yeah, and the two. Well, well, it's funny because Tachibana is just getting bandaged up. He's like, whatever. It, he's and, asking for help. <laughs> no, uh, Tachibana is just like he's getting bandaged up. He's kind of baby, baby man. He's like, oh, that's oh, right. Oh, but he's just, but, yeah. but he's just getting bandaged up. But like Taki's just like he's like letting the girls, and he's just like, oh, I'm bandaged. Here too, yeah, and, and they're is, they're like surrounding him on the the couch, like right next to him, real close, clearly and this, flirting. And this is when uh the other the the guy who works there, he's just like way to uh hug all the attention, married man, and they're just like you're oh, married, you're married? Gross. and then they get off of. Now remember, <laughs> we've never seen his wife again. No, and we never will see his wife again. No. And uh, in and, the and we know because of spirits that it's, it's a fake uh, marriage. That, that was a fake marriage. Well, and we pretty, we but I assume that anyway. It's just but uh, spirits isn't quote unquote canon uh-huh. because it continues the story on by itself. Yeah, but this is really the only logical conclusion. Yes. to that I mean, unless she is an important character, why? Like, why do you not see him? Why is he doing all this dangerous stuff? Where does he get all this free time? Yeah, yeah, very so, clearly. So, um, yeah. So the general idea was that because uh, Jibakandor was like. Doing things in the the uh was he was killing people, killing people at a wedding. That's why he went in there with like a fake wedding. Yeah. Um. But yeah, sort of whatever. Covers your covering. You just can't tell your friends. Yes. Now that you're they they are well, they kind of openly your allies. Well, it's like it's kind of like how it was with Hongo. Hmm. We're like we're never really sure who knows their secrets or not. Yeah. Because it's never because. Like, if you're watching something like Superman or Spider-Man, you know flat out who knows that they're they're, 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 they're secret identity and who doesn't. Yeah. I feel like that all got really convoluted and muddy after Hong, or the, after uh, Fujioka broke his leg, though. Yeah. Because they just had to make stuff up. So but you're, you you're, like, sort of, you're, you're like, does Ritika does, does know that? Yeah, does she know now? Because now she's just being asked to help do stuff. Yeah, so it's like... Uh, yeah. And, and it doesn't get any better, no. just so you know. It doesn't. It doesn't I mean, get any better. There's no way it does. Going forward in this, it, it gets, like, worse. Because some episodes, you're like, oh, yeah, they totally know. And then next episode, you're like, wait, they, they, do, they don't know? <laughs> they still don't know. I thought they knew. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, but due to the episodic nature of this show, I kind of want to, like, cut it up so it's like at one point, all of a sudden, they just know. The episodes <laughs> where it's kind of, they kind of know. Versus the episodes where they don't know it's just like broken up, but yeah. anyways, because the show is episodic. But anyway, right. so they're there and they hear a motorcycle come up, and, and so they flick the lights off. No, yeah, uh, one is like Hongo because he hears the motorcycle and he recognizes the motorcycle, which it is Cyclone. Yeah, up. and he opens the door. He's like, "Wait a minute, that's not Hongo," because he can tell just by the silhouette. And they're like, "Quick, turn off the lights." They turn off the lights, and then. The door opens, and they all kind of jump the guy who comes out of the door. Yeah. And it's really funny because the, the guy has, like— A rose in his hand. Well, what happened was is that Mari attacks with a rose. 
Oh, because she has a rose in her hands and yeah. she's a fencer. And so she instinctively grab does it. And I think he grabs it and puts it in his mouth and starts whooping everybody. Yeah, he starts, ole, ole. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just not, he's not doing any like physical harm. He's just kind of just throwing them around. Yeah, like with one hand here, flick you down. And then uh, they turn back on the light and it's the guy who was following them. Yeah, he's following them from the airport, that guy. And they're and like, they're like, who are, who are you? And he's just like, I'm uh, a freelance photographer. Um, Hayate, uh, something Ichimonji. Hayate. Hayate. Hayato. Hayato. Hayato Ichimoji. Um, and um, he, uh, Hayato. Hayate. Hayato. Hayato. <laughs> Hayato. Uh, Ichimoji. And he, uh, uh, he like throws the flower down. And it's just like, it's like, what are you doing here? He's like, you left something behind. He tosses the keys back to, to, oh, for the bike? For the bike. Basically, you left your bike. I'm, I'm bringing back the bike. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, and <laughs> this is this is when they're kind of like doing the thing. And this is when Mari co- comes up and he's like, she's like, oh, you're a photographer? Do- take a picture of me. And this is where the translation gets yeah. funny. Because he responds with, sorry, I don't do women. Yeah, I don't do women. That is the exact line that they come up. And this is the part of like Japan- Japanese language is a very... Contextual. Well, it's contextual, but it's, it's, it's an extremely lazy language it when it comes too, to yeah. it. Where it's like, if you know what you're talking about, what's the point? Right. Like, when you're trying to teach English to Japanese people, they're like, what's up with all these extra words? It's like, no, it's very, it's specific. You can't get it confused. So your thing, you'll be like, okay, we'll be like, that window is blue, and it's also open. Yeah. And they'll be like, what's, why do you have it's? Yeah. We know we're talking about the window. Yeah. (laughs) So pronouns are like almost unheard of. What's the point? Yeah, you're just saying window, blue, open. Yeah. Uh, you get it. We're good to go. And so, because of that, it, um, it really should have been translated as like, "I don't photograph women." That's yeah. But it's I don't do women. It, it, he pretty much exactly said it's like that's what he said. If it's translated literally, it's like yeah. I don't women. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just a funny way the translation goes. I don't know women. I'm sorry. Nope. <laughs> and it's like so many ways you can take that sentence. And the funny thing is, is he says it again in another episode, and it's translated exactly the same. <laughs> Um, I think that'll probably be the translation of this episode. I don't do it, man. I don't do it, man. <laughs> that ain't me, Um, and so he kind of leaves, and then it goes back to the shocker base. Mm. And the shocker base is, um, because the cactus monster was built someplace else, we didn't get the testing of his abilities, so they're doing it now. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, yeah, okay, it's him. He's talking to Great Leader. Great Leader gives him a rundown of what he's supposed to do. You take control of everybody. It's yours now. And he turns around. He dresses everyone as the Japanese branch. So he's making it very clear that I am from the Mexican branch and I will be. And this is what we're doing now. This is, I'm going to demonstrate how awesome I am by showing you how I took out all those dams. Yeah, I'm going to show you my cactus bombs. Yeah. The, the cactus's famous exploding ability. Yeah, the cactus bomb experiment. <laughs> and so they're called Mexican flowers, and he's demonstrating that, like, when they're in bloom, if so much as, like, a bug lands on them. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's like if anything even slightly touches the flower. They it, blow up, and we learn later that he's able to put them into bloom whenever he wants. Yep. But he's able, um, it's kind of thing is he's not able to put them back. No. Like, once he blooms them, but they he can hold them out to, like, whenever he wants. Yeah, so you see, like, a huge stack of uh little cactus balls and as he's saying that even the slightest touch will make things explode you see a little butterfly land on a needle blows Blue, up. like it zooms out blows up like a building in a tank and stuff yeah because there's uh, a tank there yeah um they're probably <laughs> thinking though well, there's tanks in mexico yeah um so then it cuts to i guess the next which would be the next day mm-hmm. and it's taki and um 
Tachibana and they're like hiking through the woods yeah, because what it what the only thing I can think of they not actually like fill this in, but the only thing I can think of is that Taki knew that he was being taken to the Shocker base. Right, he figured out that's what it was really happening. So they're in that general area looking for the Shocker base. That's yeah, the only thing I can really. They don't they don't say that, but that's me putting the pieces together. Yeah, that's the only. I mean, what the because. Heck? How would they go knowing our soccer bases? Um, and so they're going through the whole thing. They're just like going and like Tachibana. Uh, uh, Tachibana is like, can we just rest for a minute? Yeah. <laughs> the whole I'm an old man type thing. And then Taki makes a dig at him for being old. He's just like, he's like, I, you didn't have to come. And he's like, I couldn't show myself my face back if I didn't. Yeah. Nobody knows you're doing. Yeah. Um. So uh, they hear someone in like the tall grass and it's a Pokemon. No, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, it's Hayate. Uh, Hi- Hayato. Yep. So they yeah, basically they try to attack him. They fail miserably. <laughs> yeah, because he's just like, uh, like, oh, you just attack whoever pops out. They're at like, you. did you follow us? He's like, follow us. Like, I, I was, was in a, front of you. I was ahead of you guys. <laughs> yeah. We were headed different directions. <laughs> like, say, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> and they're like, just, you know, about shocker. He's, <laughs> he's like, like, no, shocker. Yeah. I'm more into shutters. <laughs> he has his little mini camera, which can't take very good films, uh, pictures. Can't take Good films. Yeah, I take good films. I was just thinking, well, like the film in that is like, it's like five millimeter or something like that. Garbage. Yeah, the but it was all the rage back then. The smaller cameras were the rage. Now it's just like you want a DSLR, like a oh, huge yeah. thing. Anyways, um, bigger the better. <laughs> bigger the better. Yeah. So uh, he's he's like, okay, whatever. And so they go walking off, and right before Tachibana is about to step on a cactus, because uh, Ichimochi <laughs> runs in, stops him, is like, what are you doing? It's like. Carvel. Weird. This it, is a a cactus. He's just like it's not a, doing here. It's from Mexico. It's a Mexican cactus. IQ. Um. <laughs> so uh, I don't know when they bring this up, but it's like a thing. But he's a, an international photographer. And also, this is the second scene that we've seen him, and in both times he's had a red scarf around his neck. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ichi uh, Ichimonji is known as a actual. He's a foreign war correspondent, okay. like photographer. So he's been all over the world, photographer. Okay. So uh, he, like, knows stuff. That's how okay. they, like, get out. Ah, okay. So that's what his the unexplained backstory is. Yeah, so that's how he knows is from Mexico because he's been there and yeah. all those famous Mexican wars gotcha. in the 70s. Um, <laughs> so anyways, they're like, uh, wow, it's weird that you brought up anything about a cactus. Don't, don't waste your time. And they just walk off. And, and he's like, he's like, uh, ignorance is bliss. It's, yeah. He's just making fun of them. Um, so the next scene, you see Taki and Tachibana find the base. Find the secret Shocker base, which is a giant eagle griffin statue type thing. Yeah. Surrounded by Shocker troops in the middle of the field. And then the, <laughs> and the field is surrounded by cactus, which isn't native to Japan. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. None of this is secret. Not even a little. Yeah. And so they, it's like they get the binoculars out. You don't need binoculars. You just, you just look, look right there. <laughs> so Tachibana's like, okay, so we're going to attack him. And Taki's like, yeah, but we're going to wait until nightfall. And then they see that, like, Ichimoji is, like, over there. He's, like, snunking towards the cactuses. Yeah, just... And they they see him, and he sees them, and he, like, waves and smiles at them. And uh, they're like, that idiot. And they run over, and they're like, what are you doing? And, and he like, basically explains to them, hey, don't touch any of these cactus they'll explode and they're like that's ridiculous and he's that like, makes absolutely no sense he's like you want me to prove it to you and so he grabs he grabs a rock he throws it at a cactus and like drops down and the cactus is like plump yeah it just hits the cactus and nothing happens and he's like huh and then and we find out that there's a camera in that cactus is the cactus <laughs> and then it goes back to inside and, yeah shocker and, base and 
Uh, Cactus just looking at one of his underlings and just laughing at him. He's like, I'm not going to activate them until I got Kamen Rider around so that it's like basically I'm going to activate the mind. The true enemy of Kamen Rider or of Shocker. So they're like, "Don't, don't get in our way. And then they go, and it's like them trying to infiltrate the base. Yeah, so like you see, so Taki, Taki's move, of course, is to climb up to the top of the building and jump down on people because that's his move. Yeah, you see him come over the top of the roof, slump down. Yeah, just it takes out his guard. And I thought he hit him so hard he turned his whole body into rubber. But no, it was a dummy. It was a dummy the whole time. Yeah, and they're so, like, "Oh wait, this must have been a trap." Shucks! And now we're surrounded by exploding cactus because I don't know how they found out it exploded. I didn't see that part. They, uh, because they they threw the dummy away. Oh, okay, they threw the dummy and it actually exploded. Uh, yeah, they threw the dummy away. Like they're like whatever, and they threw the dummy away, and then it exploded cactus. That's where like shucks. And at that moment, now that they're saying crap. We're surrounded by explosives. That's when you see three cyclists coming down. And, of course, they're all in the, the now standard uh, Shocker Army garb. Yes. And so um, Ichimoji comes in, and he, like, is running uh, is like running them around. He's trying to get th- get them out. And it turns out that they actually get hurtled. They uh herded into, like, uh-huh. being surrounded. Yep. And this is when uh there's kind of, like, this exchange between... uh. The two of them and Ichimoji, and they're like, "How do you know all this stuff? How do you do know this stuff?" Yeah, because he said something. Something Ichimoji said that gives away the fact that he's on to everything that's going on. He says something about he says that they're after Common Rider. Ah, that's what it was. He brings up Common Rider. Their enemy is that they're they're after Common Rider, and he's like, like well, "How do you know, know all this about stuff?" That? He's like, "Who are you?" And he says he's an enemy of Shock or a friend of humanity. Uh, and they're like. Are you are you coming right? And he's like, yeah, I'm okay. So Hongo is overseas dealing with another shocker scheme, and he took Ruriko with him. So she knows. I'd hope at this point. Well, we don't know because that is literally the last time you ever see Ruriko. Yeah, I figured she got wrote out. This is where she's getting written off. Never talked about it again. I think they actually do like a flashback or something. But I think she's a- in the Spirits Mongo. But that's because the Spirits Mongo is written by people who like love the show and fill in the gaps. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, she was getting such a like a, a more central role. Yeah, she was in she was episode. in thirteen she was in thirteen episodes of the show and is never in the show again. It's like such a central role, and all of a sudden, just poof. Yep. Uh, well, anyway, yeah. So he he says that they are both. In spoilers, overseas. even when Hongo comes back, no Ruka. And then I guess Hongo asked him to take over here. Yes. Watch over watch over Japan <laughs> while he goes overseas, and it's like. It's so many questions. It's like, why? Uh, so, so there's a there's a lot to unpack about this thing. So Ichi- now this is where we have our second rider. Yeah, this is Nigo. Yep. So Ichigo is Hongo. Uh, Ichimoji is Nigo. Nigo. Okay, Ichigo, Nigo. Gotcha. Yeah. And then the next one is V3. Okay. Um, And then it goes off doing its own thing. But so um, this is also where he does the henshin pose. Mm-hmm. He does the henshin thing. Get the full transform. Uh, Which he actually messed up on. Because he was supposed to unzip before. Oh, he does the pose. Because he does his hand signs and he does like the half circle and does the henshin. But like halfway through, he like unzips his uh, jacket to show the belt. Yeah. But he was supposed to do that beforehand, but they just kept the scene. Okay. Because from now on, he like shows the belt first and then does the pose. Yeah, or he, the, but um, this is where, this is like this little bit of trivia for it. The reason why we have a henshin pose is because, not till later, but at this point, the actor who played Ichimoji didn't have a motorcycle license. Oh. So he couldn't literally drive the motorcycle. So he needed have the pose to... so it can zoom in, zoom out? Well, they needed the pose to be the transformation because usually when Hongo transforms, it's when he's on the bike. Right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> 
He doesn't always. No, not always, but usually. So they did this. This is where the henshin pose comes in. Yeah, because before it was explained by gusts of wind. So yeah, so it was, and, or, and he didn't. I didn't think he even said henshin that often. No, I don't think he ever did. Really, no, he'd just be like a cut scene, and there he is. He's so this is the first instance of an actual henshin. Hmm. Like he does the pose, he says henshin, and then he jumps up, and then he, the idea is that when he jumps, he creates the turbines and he transforms. Right. So he's in a suit, but he's it's on the but bike. it was created because. The actor couldn't drive the motorcycle. I, huh. Later on, he gets a license and he's like in the scenes and stuff okay. like that. But at this point, he couldn't. Yeah, so they're like a mystery. Which was actually one of the reasons why uh, the actor who played Hongo, uh, Fujioka, was hired because he had a motorcycle license. Could, yeah. But actually, you you saw like in – that was one of the reasons why they had to change at the beginning. Okay. Because those were Fujioka in those scenes. Yeah. So they couldn't. He wasn't in the show anymore, so they couldn't credit him in it. So they could. They had to have a different opening. Mm. Uh, plus, they needed to change the outfit. So now there's an actual stunt driver in the motorcycle. So even in this episode, you see there's more like intricate stunt work on the bike. Yeah, because there's like a professional motorcycle driver. Okay. So like there's a stunt man who's in the suit more. So they they're able to do different things now. Uh, but yeah, so that's the, why we get the henshin pose that like goes on into perpetuity and is like a big thing now. Yeah, because this guy didn't know how to ride. It. Well, he might have known how, but he didn't have a license to he legally. Was allowed do. to. Okay. And so, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so the scene is pretty straightforward from this point. He gets on the bike. He takes care of the uh, bike guys. The well, guys on the bikes, where the boys take care of all the the you know twelve or so regular guys. Yes. So then another thing is like the the uh, the other people they help out now. Yeah. And so. Uh, this is also where we learn that it's actually a minefield because Cat's gone has activated all of the bombs, mm-hmm. and so like he he drives into a bunch of uh, shocker goons, and one of them runs into a cactus as it blows up. And... Yeah, and it's just your typical uh, scene fare. Like it's about exactly what you expect from this. Kind There's of some stuff. cool like spike uh, yeah. stunt driving, and some actually some cool stunt work from the shocker goons who are like mm-hmm. just being thrown off of cliffs. Oh yeah, and it's like you can tell it's an actual person rolling down that cliff. Oh yeah. So the stunt work guys are doing it well. And then, uh, so he pulls up, and then um, Tachibana and Taki come over, and they're like, Ryder. That's pretty much what they just call him. They call him Ryder. Um, and that's when a Katagon springs out from the ground mm-hmm. um, and with his sword. He just, like, burrows out from the ground somehow, because uh, Cactus is famous burrowing ability. Yeah, and he's, <laughs> oh, I mean, at the very least, he's a plant, so we'll, yeah, we'll get a that. pass. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's like, at this, it's not really even a sword. It's more like a club, because he smacks, I think, Tachibana with it. Yeah, it's more of a, it's more like a club with a handle, with a, with a, uh, like a hilt. Yeah, it's got like a cactus hilt. <laughs> <laughs> you ever thought you'd say that when you woke up this morning? Cactus <laughs> hilt. Cactus hilt. <laughs> um, God. So, uh, so then, um, it, so it's, it's involves into like a fight. This very horrible slow motion fight, and I say it's horrible be- because they did it in slow motion. You can just see how bad two yeah. people that can't see anything really are in a fight. <laughs> yeah. So when it's done, it's regular speed or faster. It's easy to recognize. Uh, it's easy to like look over. Things. Yeah. But since this is in slow motion, you can clearly see he missed his face by a mile, okay. and yeah. you can clearly see that. He- so he knocks away the cactus club sword thing. And they're they're fighting, and then Katagon grabs him and throws him, and he's throwing him into some cactuses, and that's where it ends. Yep, Freeze frame. And it's like, will he be able to to blah blah blah? Yes. So uh, the spoiler is second right. Yeah, because uh, Ichigo and Nigo are both in common right. Yeah, first. that's a kind of a big spoiler. Um, so I, I see it now. I wouldn't want you because also, I mean, like he's a completely different character in the movie. Like Hongo and Ichimoji are both completely different characters okay. in the movie. 
but he still called Ichimoji. Right. So you would have known that he was the secondary writer right. as soon as he said his name. So I didn't want to spoil that right. thing. No, that's fair. And uh, but yeah, so this is th- but this is like when the show starts to become common writer. Yeah. Like um, and so he is he's um uh we have Ichimoji until uh Hongo gets back from saving fighting Shocker all over the rest of the world. Yeah. Um so what is your suck? Um okay, so I have two sucks. The first one is something that I can tie in with what with my Sugoi, so I'll bring it up then. <laughs> so right now I'm just gonna hammer down that that choreo the the fight just sucked so bad in slow motion. And granted, it's supposed to lead to a cliffhanger, pad the time, trying to build tension. Um it is what it is, but God, I mean it really took away from the the superior stunt driving. Yeah. You know. It was just a bad cherry on top, I guess. Yeah. So what's your suck? My suck is uh, the writing out of Federico just as she was getting to a good character. Uh-huh. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah. Like, she finally gets a role. She finally gets to do stuff. We finally get to actually see her uh, be more active in her crusade to get rid I mean, of Shocker. There could, there, there could have been, like, uh, so like, many reasons why. The, in, like, real life. Yeah. Like, you know, she only signed on for 13 episodes because that's usually how long a show was. Yeah. And... She would have cost more to renegotiate her contract. It could have been that she didn't think the show was going in the right direction. Yeah, because it, it, it's to, it's total. It's almost a completely different show now. Yeah, so it could be that she thought it wasn't going to work. Yeah, uh, it could be that she didn't like new directors or something or new actors. Yeah, so there's all sorts of reasons. Or she could just be like, I have another. I have a. I have a job that gives me. Or it could. I could see it being that she's like, I don't want to be just another character. Uh huh. I mean. I, I, if you don't because mind doing a little research on it, see if we can find out the I've, real I, world. I, I, I found out. I've not, I haven't been able to find out anything. Okay, so it's just it. It is life. I wonder if what she did after this then. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, yeah, but, that's a. It's pretty. But it happens in shows. It especially happens around in these things. It happens. It happens in a lot of shows where like they're just like, oh well, the actor's gone. Yep, they're gone. It used to happen in Lost all the time because the actors would get drunk and get kicked out of Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Because the show was filmed in Hawaii. Yeah. And they would get in so much trouble that literally Hawaii would be like, no, no, you can't be here anymore. Yeah, we're done with you. And then they'd have to figure it out how to write them out of the show. It happened like three times over the course of Lost. <laughs> I mean, granted, that's one of those shows where you can be written off anyway. Yeah. But it was just funny. It was just like, oh, off the island. Goodbye. <laughs> you were voted on. Um, so what's your Segoy? <clears throat> so it's bittersweet. There's a new writer. Yeah. And that's cool. Uh downside is that there i mean there was one part where he's letting you know spilling the beans that he is a writer and they're like so does that make you a cyborg and he's basically like yeah and i'm sitting here like the whole thing kind of took away the uniqueness of hongo's origin Mm -hmm. i guess and i mean granted in most of these common writers that have second writers they're uh well i guess just the other one that i have so far it's like okay whatever here you are here's some stuff but from what I and I've what I've heard of from you talking about the other ones, they all kind of have similar yeah. things going for them. So how? But this is such a specific origin that it kind of really it actually like sna- the, you know, they like fill it out a little bit more in, in the next episode. But um, so how this overarching thing about Common Rider mm. is usually how it works is that Common Rider's powers are tied into the enemy. Yeah, like. It goes all the way back to the first one. They're cyborgs fighting cyborgs. Right, cyborgs. Uh, doubles using the Magaya memories to fight uh, Dopants who are using the Gaia memories. Right. Uh, you know, um, Zero One is a, uh, he's using satellites and AI technology to fight the, the satellites and the Metsubad Jinrai. And then uh, there's the whole thing with 
Kuga, which is d- different, but don't want to <laughs> give spoilers about how the yeah, show goes. Yeah, we can't goes. do about Kuga yet. Um, but so there's this whole thing about it's like they get their powers from a dark place, but they use them for a good thing. Uh-huh. That's like this whole thing about it. And uh, they did make him Nigo and Ichigo are the two most common looking writers. Yeah. Because they had a, a view. They had like, this is what common writer is. Right. And so they just changed some colors and made them. Yeah, here you go. It's basically a palette swap. Yeah. But, um, okay, so like, it's still really cool. Um, I really I like that. I don't know if they actually say it. It seems to me, I mean, they haven't said it yet. Uh, they haven't said it, like, I can't remember them ever saying it. But I think they were, like, trying to make a cyborg to beat Hongo. So they made the exact same cyborg. Again. Okay, yeah, and then they failed again. Yeah, they yeah. failed again. And see, that's what I'm saying. That kind of there, it's uh, takes it away. Like, you messed up one time. You weren't ready to not mess up the second time, but you did it anyway. Now you have two enemies stronger than everything. Yeah. But it uh, it's okay. At least... It shows that they can make somebody equally powerful, which means they could eventually have a bad guy strong enough to actually deal with them. Yeah. But probably it's not going to happen. Maybe it will. Anyway, the the episode, the the Segoi part of it is that we got a new guy, so that way they don't have to keep making these excuses for why Hongo's not around. We Mm -hmm. have a reason that he's gone, even though I don't necessarily like it. It's understandable based on what actually happened in real life. Yeah, but it's also kind of understandable for, like, Hongo, in a way, when Hongo's just, like, he's seeing all these things and he's just, like, Hongo does kind of seem like a big picture kind of guy. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I mean, I I've been able to hold this stuff. But... I've been able to hold Japan down. So why don't you, who are about the same as how I was at the start, you hold Japan down, and I'm gonna go help out these other places that are all out. Yeah, worse. I'll deal with the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, you take Japan, I'll take the world. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so we got the new writer. Even though I don't like the the idea that Hongo has this whole thing set up with some guy that he just met and doesn't explain anything to his friends. Mm-hmm. I did really like how the whole time I thought, first off, he was a bad guy. And then I was kind of annoyed that he was able to kick everybody's ass. I was like, what the hell? We've, we've just demonstrated that Taki and Tachibana are like hardcore. Yeah, and then now you're going to have some guy come in here and just like slap him away. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. He's... And then I was like, wait, he's got a red scarf on. Wait a minute. He's wearing a motorcycle helmet. I was like, wait a minute. And then, yeah, I was like, oh, of course. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it, it was one of those. It's bittersweet. Yeah. Love, hate, but mostly love. What I really like with my Segoi is how different... Uh, Ichimoji is from Hongo in yeah. his personality-wise. Yeah, I agree with that. So even though they have the same origin, basically, uh, they both wear the red scarf. So there's similarities, but they are two entirely different. Yeah, so it's not, like, you don't confuse them, because, like, no. Uh, Ichimoji is, like, a smiley, he's a happy-go-lucky guy, he loves life. Uh-huh. He's, like, a guy who's, like, okay, I got a second chance at life, uh-huh. I'm gonna take it, instead of Hongo being, like, my life was taken from me. I'm going to do whatever I can with what right, I got. Right. And so it actually applies like through the show where it's like Ichimoji is more of a upbeat character, mm-hmm. which is more in line with how the show is progressing towards. Because like how the show was more uh, went with Hongo's personality. Right. So I, I, I just like the way that he's like just goofing around with them. And, it, and like you knew like what happened was he was planning to tell them the whole time, but he was messing with yeah, them for a while. I know. He was just, he was just messing around. I, it's, He's just like, oh, I'm going to tell these guys my secret identity. Let's mess with them a little bit. Yeah, so I'm not trying to detract from uh, when I was bringing up the way that he explained himself. It's not his fault. It's 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 Hongo's fault. Hongo, why didn't you just be like, hey, yeah, I'm going to be leaving for a while. Take this. Like, they're your buds. They're, they got your back. Yeah. You're thick and thin. But you're going to take Rico and not tell Tachibana. She's like, what did he do to you that you're just going to cut him out of your life like that? <laughs> Out of here, boss. Yes, yeah, like I can't have toxic people around me right now, Tajibana. I just need, I just need support and love. <laughs> There's so, just a whole breakup that we missed. Yes. 
<laughs> uh, so now... I know, the writer ranking. Yes, it's interesting now. Yeah. <laughs> so we sort of have two writers to rank in this episode. Yeah. Uh, um, so what we do with multiple writers is we take the, the two, two of them, them. We, we rate all the writers in the show together, and, and then, then rate we rate them, them in the, the, put them into the list. So if we had to rate Ichigo and Nigo, which do you think would be better at this point? At this point, it's not really fair, I don't think. I mean, there's only the... It's, uh, I mean, it's going to be that like Ichigo is going to go down to the the bottom because Eventually, he's not because yeah. he's not going to be around. There's or nothing going on. But I really like I like Ichimoji. I like how he does things. I loved how he was just messing with people. But he's like totally like I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. I'm just messing around with you because I'm like this is the only chance I get to mess with you. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like a happy person. It's like he's so full of life and so funny, and he doesn't do women. So I mean, it's just great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, he's only had, like, three minutes of screen time, and it's just kind of, there's really nothing there yet. I mean, there's something. Like, he showed up, but is that enough? I don't know. It's hard to say. He doesn't even have a bike license, man. Uh, no, well, the actor doesn't. I know. It's just, it's like, ah. Uh... But he, he does. He, he does get it. So, uh, like, in the next episode or two, he does it. But it's like, when he was hired, he didn't. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just going to give him second place for now. In my opinion, I mean, we are we know where this is going just from the fact that screen time and the fact that Hongo is just like off in the middle of nowhere for however long. Well, the thing is, is like the only problems you had with either writer was Hongo this time. Sure, sure. That's fair, except that I'm going to cancel that off by the fact that he was smart enough to recognize that dealing with Japan's problems does not mean he's dealing with the shocker problem. So I'm going to give him one good one. So, okay, so it's Ichigo and then Nigo. That's what I think. For right now. One, two, because how how often are we going to have a one, two going on? I don't know. (laughs) So then uh, is Nigo better than Valkyrie? And that's exactly where we get, where it's like... We don't have enough with him yet. (laughs) No. I mean, it's going to be like when we get to the other writers and it's going to be like we've seen Ichigo and Nico like for like 50 yeah. episodes. They're going to be like, whatever, put those chumps down. They barely did anything. Right. I mean, it's like, OK, new writers at this point, if they don't want to start off near the bottom of the list, they're going to have to have an entrance like Hirobi did yeah. where you just come in, your suit looks sweet and you just stop or, or like everything. Uh, uh, there was a really like Vulcan had a really cool. Intro. Yeah. Vulcan and had a and, intro. and like. Uh, Valkyrie had a Valkyrie sweet, had a really solid intro where you didn't even expect her to be a writer and all of a sudden oh. writer because you like you totally knew that like uh, Fu was going to be a writer yeah, but then no, you would just sure. write her out of nowhere yeah <laughs> because I mean everyone has the their uh, sidekick I guess yeah and that's the very clear candidate for Fuwa's sidekick if Fuwa was going to be his own thing yeah you're like Fuwa a- and Yua and then it was going to be Aruto and Izu but no it's like Fuwa and Yua's her own thing yeah she's got her own she's a third party what were you thinking <laughs> yeah. This is the 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> 2020, baby. Uh, 2019. But yeah. anyway, so then uh, is Nigo uh, better than Kuka? Mm, I don't know. Because where do we have Ichijo, or Ichigo right now? He's at, he's at uh, four. Four. So and then right so below him is Valkyrie, and then Kuka is in the last spot. I think. I mean, it's okay. But like He doesn't do much, and it's a part of the two-parter. Yeah. I feel like I, I want to hold off. Full, uh, my full opinion until I see the extra part of the two part because I mean that's definitely what this is. It's yeah, a, it's supposed to be 
two parts of one story. Yeah, like his initial story. Yeah, and it, I don't dislike him, but I just don't want to... I guess if Kuga is in sixth place at this point for with three minutes of screen time, that's like a real slap in the face of Kuga, and I actually don't dislike Kuga. Um, so I just want to start him off and with Kuga's six, had some pretty good episodes for the past couple ones. Yeah, start him off sixth or seventh or whatever. Seventh. Seventh, yeah. Start him off at seventh. Let him build back up as Ichigo fall, or as, as Ichigo fall. From just lack of doing things. Once we lose Hongo for the sake of not being around. Yeah. Um, Once you were gonna that moment, then we were like, when we're like, what was his name again? Yeah, huh? Hongo. Uh, uh, Hongo. Hongo. Yeah, <laughs> I can see it now. Yeah. <laughs> as, not even like that bad, but this is as, as soon as we're just like, um, um, Hongo. Yeah. It was <laughs> like, okay, we got to drop him down now. <laughs> yeah. Now it's gone. <laughs> so that would that would leave at number seven, Nico. Yeah. Just for now. I mean, because he hasn't even taken off his first bad guy yet. He's beaten three guys on a a motorcycle. Yeah. And that's it. So I feel like giving it to him too soon. And I'm sure I will come to like the character a lot. I already don't dislike him. I like that he's... Like the character of Ichimoji is is, is a fun character. Yeah, he's ripping on him. Being like, ah, (laughs) idiots. I like that he put the the rose in his mouth when he was when he was fighting. It's just like Ooh. just stylish, and then he hands it to the girl. Like, hey, yeah, this is yours. Oh, and, and we didn't mention, but like when he walked up the, the grass, he was just like picking fl- uh, leaves off of a stick. Yeah, he's <laughs> just like whatever. Yeah, just, like, hey, right. just meandering. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that will put him at a number seven. Yeah, very. I mean, a solid entrance, but we've got history with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the next episode of Kamen Rider 71 is surprisingly named Cactagon Strikes Back. Cactagon, oh, Cactagon Strike. Which is funny because he struck first. Yeah. Um, we're not, we don't care about specific. Our He's next. on the side of justice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> our next episode will be, uh, Kuga, episode 14, mm. entitled Omen. Oh. Do you remember what was happening at the end of it? Yeah, he was fighting uh, a Biro and I think it's Biro. Biron. Biron. Yeah, he was fighting Biron and he was doing well. And then suddenly he started having flashbacks or uh, flashes, flashes of what happened in the past, I guess. Or yeah, it's hard to have flashbacks from things that was like never. Th- it's not that, your thing. Yeah, two thousand years before you were born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and that and is, that's what and Jean finds. Uh, Jean finds a rock. A rock, thing, yes. like part of something that's clearly supposed to put back together. Yes, to be put back together. And that, uh, yeah, that will be our next episode. I was like, it's funny because it's like Kuga is like a, it's like a good show, mm-hmm. but it's where it's, the other shows are. It's like the least interesting right now. It, it's definitely the best binge I can tell. Yeah, because uh, in these in these seasons, it's kind of like this is the lull. Yeah, everything else kind of goes faster pace. Yeah, because this is like the pickup of yeah. uh, seventy one, and we're just about to get to watch a movie mm-hmm. in double. And then Zero uh, One's running full on into a wall always. And so, <laughs> yeah, I can see that Kuga by the end of it is going to be very enjoyable because of the time that you spend on things. It, it builds up, it adds up. Yeah. So, like when something big happens, it's like, oh, it's really good. I'm glad that I, you know, spent my time on this. But one episode a week, it kind of, hmm, that was not as, uh, like, we weren't spending an hour and a half talking about Zero One. And here we are with, like, okay, let's can we try to get 45 minutes again. <laughs> yeah. Because so. it's like straightforward, and there's a lot of time spent just looking at somebody's facial expression. Yes, it is very drummery, and it's very like drummery. Yeah, it's very drummery. Yeah, it's very two thousand. <laughs> so it's very two thousand. Whereas like seventy one is very seventy one, where it's just like let's get this whole story out. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, 
it could easily those 13 episodes of 71 could have been like spread out to a whole 26 episode series for sure <laughs> probably would have been better but that would have required them to have a full idea of every yeah. episode to that They're point. just making it up as it goes <laughs> and have an actor who yeah seriously <laughs> to deal with <laughs> so yeah so our next episode will be omen well guys we're gonna wrap it up here if you have any questions or comments about the show you can email us at fanboyopinion at gmail or if you just want to give your own opinion on some of the stuff we were talking about you can hit us up on twitter at fanboy underscore opinion plus we have additional information on our website fanboyopinion.com and uh, you can listen to us for sure on Spotify and hopefully on the podcatcher of your choice. If we're not on it, please let us know. Uh, we'll try to get it there. Also, it'd really help out if you rate and review us. That being said, I hope you had a great time. I know I did. As always, I'm Eugene. And I'm Eric. And we'll see you all next time.